Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac. Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Wednesday morning, Eagles fans. Appreciate you streaming in here bright and early with us. I'm Birds 365, Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald hanging with you for the next two hours. We got two good guests, Eagle-centric. We should have some uh, fun and some insight with them coming up. Jimmy Kemsky and Mike Gill. Uh, Johnny Mac, I'm going to let you choose today. I think there are three decent topics to potentially start the show with today. So you tell me uh, what your preferred topic would be. Eagles running game this upcoming season, fifth-year contract options, or the Eagles benefiting from tampering? Which of those three grabs your attention the most? Um, well, that's good. I'm, I'm going to go everything grabs my attention. I'm, let, let's get tampering out of the way because I'm, I'm – You know, I long for the days when people just complained about Jonathan Gannon being a a bad defensive coordinator. Can we go back to that? (laughs) Can we go back to that? Because Uh, this narrative, Jody, I got to tell you, this narrative that he wasn't invested in winning the Super Bowl, I, I can't. There are certain subjects, you know me by now, that I just can't give an inch. I can't listen to that. It's absurd. It's not, you're talking about a lifetime football guy with ambition who doesn't have 40 rings in the closet. He's in the game. Yeah, he doesn't want to win the game, Jody, because he's worried. I, I, I can't just go back. I said it yesterday on Twitter. If you need the scapegoat, take the scapegoat. Just go. He's a shitty defensive coordinator, and that's why they lost the game. That I, I could work with. I could work with that. 
not invested in winning the Super Bowl? Oh. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and let me get on the record in saying I'm doing just that because I'm 99% in agreement with you. I, I think a lot of the detractors, a lot of the haters are not going so far as to saying that he was uh, not invested. He was distracted that, that, yes, he was on task and he knew his job and yeah, winning the Super Bowl would certainly be great for him and all these guys that he shared a room with the last one. Yeah, but when am I going to have my first Cardinal practice? Let me take a peek at that Cardinal roster again. Uh, what can we potentially do? Uh, that, that's uh, I think that's at least based in a reasonable argument. The fact that Jonathan Gannon didn't care or if eh, we lose, no big deal. That's just complete and utter BS. Yes, I'm with you 100% on that one. But the human nature, the human aspect, you can't just give him a percent or two of uh, if he was 100% focused because he felt it was a done deal, he was going to become the Arizona coach, was he only 98%, which 98% should be damn good enough. You don't know that there weren't other guys that had stuff going on in their life in that evil. Yeah, I know one. I know basketball. one, Jody. I know one. Shane yeah, Steichen. The, the offensive because coordinator Shane, in the same exact position, right? Yeah. Shane Steichen uh, interviewed with Indianapolis after the NFC Championship game, uh, but he was allowed to. Because it was a second interview. It wasn't a first interview. So the 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 mucked up legislation of the NFL, as it typically is, does that affect somebody's distraction level? Uh, it's okay for Shane Steichen because, again, it's a second interview. It's not okay for Jonathan Gannon because it's a first interview. This shit goes on all the time with Super Bowl coaches on Super Bowl teams. Same thing happened with Kevin O'Connell, the you know, when the Rams won the Super Bowl. Everybody in the world knew he was getting a job in Minnesota by that time. Was he distracted? I don't know, but he won the game, so nobody cares. Right. Um, I think people are capable, as as you know in your life, and I know in my life, are capable of pivoting from one thing to the other, like human beings do every day in their lives. It, it Again, I can't even give it any lip service. The Eagles, by the way, as they typically are, and this is where I give them credit, they took advantage of a young GM who didn't have a full grasp of the stupid rules. Uh, and they are stupid because one interview, oh, you can have a second interview, but you can't have a first interview in between. I mean, it's just dumb. It really is dumb. So if you want the scapegoat, you got the scapegoat. Use him as the scapegoat. Uh, say he's a, a, a bad defensive coordinator. Say he did a bad job. Don't give me this lack of it. He's the most competitive guy in the stinking world. And I know people don't know that, but he's not, not wanting to win the Super Bowl. That's just that part of it is just such nonsense. I can't even, I can't even spend, yeah, I can't give it one percent, Jody. Yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm not not going doesn't care but distracted yes but he's not as again as we both agree wasn't the only one who was this much distracted there were others so if you want to throw it all on Gannon go ahead fine last time I checked Gannon wasn't involved in uh, the coverage of punts which was as big a play as any other play 
the walk-in touchdowns that they gave up. Well, one of them wouldn't win a walk-in if they had been able to cover. But, you know, as I said, people need you. Jeffrey Lurie needs scapegoats, right? When things don't go as planned, he always picks a scapegoat. Might be Mike Rowe, might be Carson Walsh, blah, blah, blah. Everybody needs a scapegoat. He's gone. Use the scapegoat if it makes you feel better. That's fine. I have no issue with that. But when people start saying, oh, my God, this, this, Jody, and by the way, and you know this, and now I can talk about it. On Saturday, on Saturday before the game, I got word he was getting the Arizona And you text me. And I texted you. That's why the psychic thing was already done. And you said, oh, both coordinators are out the door. Neither one is going to be back with the Eagles next year. So I think I bring that up only for this reason. I think a lot of people are saying, a lot of people think the Eagles were blindsided by this. They were not blindsided by this. Yes, Jonathan Gannon plays the game. Oh, I didn't know until after the game. Everybody does this crap. The Eagles knew it. You think I knew it and the Eagles didn't know it? Have, oh, we talked to him. Bull. I mean, come on. Use some common sense. I, I, I'm not talking to you. I, it, it, so, yeah, I got a tough time with this one. Too. I, I really good. But here's here's there are a couple questions that come off of, above and beyond. Uh, people just want to lay the entire Eagle Super Bowl loss on Jonathan Gannon, which is 100% not fair. Um, the Eagles benefited. The Eagles got to move up 30-some-odd slots in the third round because of this self-reported... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the Arizona yeah. Cardinals threw the flag on themselves. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's the way it came down right. Um, Eagles got wind of this. Eagles figured it out. Eagles were given knowledge. However, the Eagles came up with the information. And they went directly to the commissioner and the league office and said, this just isn't right. They broke the rules. They should pay a price. And somehow, for some reason, the league agreed. Now, you know, I've been doing sports talk here in Philadelphia for how many years? Um, sometimes Philadelphia has a complex that they, the fans, fan base in general, have a complex that they have trouble dealing with. It's us against the world. Everybody hates Philadelphia. Shoot, Jason Kelsey sings about it. Um, how did the Eagles get compensation? Somehow, the owner of the Miami Dolphins got suspended because it became apparent that he had tampered with Tom Brady while he's still a member of the Bucs to come and play quarterback for the Dolphins. What did the Bucs get out of that? I'll tell you, diddly squad. They got nothing. Sean Payton, when he was still the coach of the Saints, was tampered with by the Miami Dolphins. What did the uh, New yeah, Orleans Miami does a lot of tampering. Nothing. Zero. Nada. But somehow, because uh, Masiasa for it, and you talk about stretches of truth, all it was independently reported, self, self-reported. Monty Ford calling Jonathan Gannon to give him a pep talk and or inside information. Well, they are friends. How they to friends. handle the Super Bowl. Come on. Come on. You, the, the first name that comes to mind is let me get some insight as to how yourself handle yourself on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, Mas, uh, Monty Hasselford, that's the first guy I want to get a call from because he's going to reveal all the secrets of the Super Bowl. Come on, you with this stuff. Please, Jonathan Gannon. He's not helping himself when he finally stepped up. No, uh, he's, done, he's done a very bad job handling these situations uh, verbally because you got to sort of 
uh, avoid the landmines. Now, one of the, I, I mean, it is true, and that's probably the route he should have gone, Jody. I mean, that's the reason he's got Arizona job, the Arizona, because he's very close to Monty Osenford. So that, that's how you spin it. Oh, he's a good friend of mine, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, he's saying he's wishing me good luck. And then, you know, in between, oh, by the way, you know, I want you to be the head coach and blah, blah, and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about relationships in this league. So he's done a really poor job of, of explaining this stuff. away. You got to play the game. You got to do the tap dance. As I said, the Eagles know. John McMullen doesn't know. Jonathan Gann is getting the Arizona Cardinals job, and the Eagles don't know. All right? That, that world doesn't exist. Um, but the Eagles do the tap dance. Oh, we, you know, I, I, I got the request after the game and blah, blah, blah. Just the Eagles are very savvy. Um, you know, a lot of people have brought up our buddy Marcus Hayes wrote a scathing Jonathan Gannon column last week. Was it last week? Yeah, I think it was last week. But, uh, you know, Howie Roseman's pissed and all that. Yeah, Howie's pissed. Uh, how, this dates back to last year. It, but it, it's, uh, pardon me for interrupting. How can he be pissed when he himself looked right in the camera and said, we're just renting Jonathan Gannon. He knew for a fact this was coming. No, well, that's the point. Now, here's the reason. Here's the reason. How can you be pissed if you're Howie Roseman when it comes to fruition? Here's the reason. Howie was pissed last year when Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown got pilfered uh, before. And remember, he changed that rule. He got that rule changed. So hiring secondary football executives, uh, the timing of that has now changed um, because of because he was pissed. Um, I'm sure he was pissed again after the Super Bowl. He was just constantly he was so depressed because he knew what opportunity the Eagles had and let slip out of their grasp. And then he's probably thinking, Jesus, I lost my offensive coordinator. I lost my defensive coordinator. People are just picking the bones. Um, you know, go steal Andy's guys. Plenty of people have over the years. But, uh, 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 you know, so from that standpoint, yeah, after the fact, he's saying, damn it, you know, Shane's got to deal with Indianapolis. Jonathan's got to deal with Arizona. I'm pissed off. Here's the rule. Damn it, I'm pissed. That's That's pure speculation, but that's my guess. And as I said, who's his assistant GM? John Ferrari, who's a compliance guy, knows the rules inside and out. Right, but you can you can get on table, you can scream and yell, you can stomp your foot, you can do whatever you want. The league doesn't have to give you. No, what they you don't. Want. They don't but have to they... acknowledge that you're right about the reading of the rules. I just gave you two incidents that have come down in the last year, John, where the the team that got the short end of the stick that got tampered with got nothing in exchange for it. But somehow this gets kicked up to the ownership level and Laurie and Bidwell negotiate what the compensation's going to be. And the well, Eagles move up that I, many I, slots I in the even... background. And, and this is Philadelphia we're talking about, who according to some of the Philadelphia fan base, the world is against them. They never get calls. They never get the benefit of the doubt. They never get any kind of break. Well, they got something that seems nobody else in the league got. Who's pulling strings here? Who's got that kind of juice? Uh, yeah, well, I don't. We're talking about. I don't believe that for a second either. Ownership level. That's John Ferrari saying here, Jeffrey. Say this. Um, 
you know. You don't think Jeffrey who, went back who, and forth who, between he and Bidwell? No, went back and forth break. negotiating Bid, Bidwell that one couldn't out? go back and forth for five minutes on anything. Um, but, you know, who gets the oil, Jody? The squeaky wheel. That's who gets the oil. You sit and you complain enough and you point out, look, this is the issue. This has been happening to us. People are picking our bones. Again, that part of it's just speculation. That's what I think happened. But you bring up a good point. There's been far more serious tampering issues. Um, and why did, you know, the NFL has no rhyme or reason. There's no precedent. Sometimes they just do stuff. Uh, and I'm guessing, you know, the squeaky wheel got the oil. That's just a guess, though. And... If that's the way it is, uh, so be it. It just is never. Uh, I've always found Goodell to be a guy who wants to have precedent to explain anything. Mm. That he, he. They change precedent all the time. That's part of the problem. That was the problem long before. Now it's a little bit different because they, they sort of boiled it down in the CBA. But the old days, if you think about when all, all the personal conduct issues started, it was really Ray Rice in Atlantic City. That's where it all started. That that There was no consistency. That was part of the problem. And everybody would say, how many times have you heard over the years, Jody? Well, so-and-so got suspended four games for marijuana. Oh, I've heard it, I've heard it thousands of yeah. times, and that's why I say I think Adele tries. Doesn't always succeed, but I think he tries to have some kind of precedented explanation after the fact. And the new things arise, things that have never happened before, things that you can't directly tie to a previous violation, whatever. That's why he's got one of the toughest jobs on the planet. That's why he's paid as much money as he is. He's got a really difficult job. I think he tries to get precedent. Well, you had precedent here with teams that had been found guilty of tampering, that had been punished, but the team that got tampered with Never got anything in exchange. They just got a, we all, we're sorry about that. But somehow the Eagles got something out of it. I, I don't know how. I don't know why. If you're an Eagle fan, you maybe you just move on and don't question and go, hey, that's the way it shook out. That's, that's good by us. Because the Eagles certainly benefited from it, whereas other teams haven't. All right. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Um, we've got two good guests coming your way today. Uh, Mike Gill will be on in hour number two. Eagles brought a West Virginia kid in for uh, a little bit of a workout and a practice. We'll see if Gil knows uh, anything about the uh, West Virginia uh, potential Philadelphia Eagle. And coming up next, Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com, one of the uh, better Eagle beat writers, does it every day in and out. And, yes, uh, sits next to John McMullen where he tries to avoid having coffee spilled on him. Uh, We get Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice up next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Guys, here on Birds 365, we are attempting to get connected uh, with Jimmy Kemsky from uh, Philly Voice. Having some uh, technical difficulties, from what I can see, we're into the green room, and Jimmy hasn't popped up yet. But it seems like he's trying to connect. When he does, we'll uh, punch Jimmy Kemsky up immediately. All right, uh, Johnny Mac, I gave you three topics to choose from. We went off on the Gannon tampering. Uh, Howie Roseman coming out yesterday and saying that it was negotiated on the ownership level. You're, you're doubting that a little bit, but uh, they did get compensation and more power to the Eagles for that. Uh, the other uh, thing I want to talk to you about, you sent me a text. I don't even know what time you text me about fifth year options. Yesterday was the drop dead date for teams to pick up 50 year uh, options on rookie contracts and the like. Oh, the Philadelphia Eagles didn't need to be involved in this at all because the rookie that they selected for uh, three years ago heading into his fourth year is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. That would be uh, uh, Jalen Rager. Uh, so that's wasn't a real difficult decision for the Minnesota Vikings to have to make whether they'd pick up yeah. Rager's And by the way, the Vikings drafted a receiver in the first round. I don't even think Jalen Rager's going to be on that team next year. So, uh, yeah. Uh, didn't work out in 2020. No. Um, so they've had their fair share of hits, fair share of misses. You sent me a text from, uh, I think it was Fowler, Jeremy Fowler, quoting uh, Embo, uh, yeah. stats guy from ESPN. It's not a given when you take a first round draft pick that the guy is going to be a 
uh, star player. The hit rate is uh, kind of surprisingly low. And, oh, by the way, the Eagles' hit rate is not too shabby because you looked at 2009 to 2018, a 10-year period. Um, and across the league, the hit rate was under 40%. When I say hit rate, that means picking up that fifth-year option. Uh, Eagles were – they missed one first-rounder. They didn't have a first-round draft pick one year. They hit on six out of nine. That's 66%. They had three guys that didn't merit a fifth-year contract. So if the league percentage is 38 and Eagles are at 66, that means, yeah, Howie Roseman's doing a good job. I know that the, the, the incorrect picks, like Gregor, and we haven't even got there yet. He didn't factor in yet, um, were bad and, uh, like, painful, uh, like Smith. Um, but his overall hit rate, that's not bad, John. If you get six out no, of nine, well, right? real quick, then Paul, Paul Hembo, as you mentioned, he did the, the research. He, he, it was a little bit different. It wasn't just 50 or options. It was players who got a second contract with their original team. So that means okay. they've really, you know, been a part of the process. And that, that rate is astonishingly low. I was kind of shocked at it, to be honest. And at certain positions, um, it's really, really low, but it's under 40% as a whole. Uh, offensive line, if you want somebody to be around for a while, pick an offensive lineman. That Those are the only two posi- positions, center and offensive tackle, where it's over 50%. Um, so when everybody says, you know, and, and everybody's saying it right now about the 2023 draft, all across the country, Oh, what a great pick. What a great pick. What a great pick. I mean, a lot of these guys aren't going to be great picks to say the least. And history points that out. So it's amazing how the optimism sort of regenerates each year and everybody forgets the the bad picks. Not everybody, because people still harp on them locally. But as a whole, I think you see it every year. What a great pick. What a great pick. Uh, And yeah, history does not bear that out, to say the least. Nope. Three years from now, when they decide not to pick up a fifth-year option, uh, however many teams do that in the draft, uh, we'll be revisiting and going, uh, well, which, uh, hopefully you and I will. Uh, others will just dodge and move on. Uh, the greatest draft of all time. Well, maybe it wasn't. But we do like the Eagles draft. And we've got Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com to come on and sing Howie Roseman's praises as well. We've been doing it for the last couple of days. You got a uh, bar or two that you can sing for Howie Roseman as to how he continues <laughs> to fleece? Yes, I used the word fleece, Howie. Fleece other general managers around the National Football League? So I do think Howie's done a very good job uh, this offseason in general. Of course, the last two offseasons. And I thought he had a really good draft. Yeah. I have seen, uh, I don't know if I can mention WIP, but I guess I just will because I already did. Sure. sure. Jody works a, there. We can yeah, do that. I yeah. they had WIP a, all the time. Yeah. They had a poll up. Who would you, if you were starting a franchise, who would you draft first? Howie Roseman or Patrick Mahomes? Oh, come, come on. on. No, I did not see that one. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, I, I had not. I, I had nothing to do with that. May but get a paycheck from him, but they did not consult me on that particular poll. <laughs> yeah. So let's I, chill out a little bit with uh, the how he loved to that extreme. But yeah, I mean, certainly he's done a great job, and um, it's it's it was in my opinion the best roster uh, in the NFL last season when they went to the Super Bowl. And if you look at them right now, they're probably the most 
ready team for the you know 2023 season in the league. So uh, you know it's it's a very good roster. They're going to be very good again this season. Uh, he's done a great job. Uh, again, I th- I thought he did a really good job in this draft, but let's uh, pump the brakes on the, a little bit of the hyperbole there. <laughs> uh, I'm excited, Jimmy, because I see uh, Jimmy Kemsky's dog. I think for the first time, oh, yeah. I'm a big dog person. So let's Char- get introduced. It's Charlie. Uh, yes, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie likes Howie Roseman. I can tell. Hey, buddy. High five. Come here. <laughs> there we go. Yes, Charlie. Even, uh, even now, got that is a first round pick. Charlie That's looks right. like a first round pick to me. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I've been looking for because I'm tired of it too, Jimmy. I'm tired of giving Howie his flowers. I'm, I'm looking for under rocks to criticize this guy, <laughs> and uh, I, I can't really do it. And 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 then I start. I'm sure you saw the Peter Schrager thing where he said other GMs are getting upset about yeah. all the all the you know people lauding howie roseman well why are they making it so easy for him i i mean i i look at and i i looked at three young general managers i looked at um ryan pace in chicago i mean what are you doing you you need jalen carter so i know from a perspective of you know he's a young he probably doesn't have the leash that howie roseman does he can't take chances so right he's got to be a, a little bit more ca- cautious you asked howie about that in one of our uh, uh press conferences with him i don't know if it was off the record but at this point you know he's got a longer leash than other gms so yeah. how, how how important is that when when he when it comes to taking chances when it comes to doing things for the long term, whereas other GMs have to GM for their job, for lack of a better term. Yeah, he downplayed that. Uh, that, that was uh, during an off-the-record session, but he yeah. downplayed that the idea that he that he has like this incredible job security. He said that you know he's not on scholarship, which we both know like that's he is, of course. Like he has better yeah. job security than maybe any other GM in the NFL. The, the owners aside, that are all that also double as their GM. Um, but yeah, I think you see that with a lot of his moves, like, you know, a year ago, they trade one of their first round picks for a future pick, which they ultimately made this year with Jalen Carter. And of course, along with that, they get a, a you know, an, an extra second round pick from the Saints and an extra third round pick the year before that they trade, you know, significantly back, like from six to 12 with the Dolphins and they pick up an extra first round pick from them. So yeah. he's willing to do that kind of thing, whereas other GMs might press more for uh the immediate future than than looking at the long term like like how he can and then also you know um you know he can take take chances that, that's one of the benefits of of you know being the general manager of the eagles is i think jeffrey lurie allows uh howie and and their decision makers to take chances uh on players and, and just generally and just on general concepts and giving them the freedom to do that sort of allows them to hit big on, on some de- some of the decisions that they make. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Howie is uniquely positioned uh, compared to other GMs around the NFL where, where he can take these chances. And certainly they put themselves in the position to take a chance on a player like Jalen Carter, given the, you know, the very good locker room leadership that they have starting at the top at, at quarterback with Jalen Hurts and then all these guys that have been around forever, like Jason Kelsey and Leon Johnson and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and right on down the line. So, I mean, you put this guy in the Eagles locker room, 
I think maybe you give him a better chance to succeed, especially in in the defensive line room with Fletch and BG. Whereas if he goes to another young team that's trying to rebuild, maybe you don't have um, a, as good a chance, is the way I'll put it, of uh, you know maximizing his potential. All right. Speaking of that maximized potential, this question is kind of for both you guys, Jimmy. You first. But, John, since you are a day-in, day-out reporter <laughs> as well, uh, I think you need to chime in here, too. I was pretty disappointed in Howie Roseman. We're going to take a shot at Howie Roseman? i give you one. Um, All right. <laughs> he, was, he was a little put off by Ruben Frank asking him <laughs> questions about the first-round draft pick and how dare you, it's his exciting days coming into the national football, and why do we have to go there? Nick, too, by the way. They ganged up on poor Ruben. Exactly. More so <laughs> Howie, but Nick, too. Um, the reason that it's a legit question is because he went number nine when yeah. he was either the first, second, or third-ranked player. There has to be an explanation for it. Oh, maybe it's because of the off-field issues that he has. Very legitimate question by Ruben, and uh, he was treated shabbily by those he was questioning. Howie well, made that... up on uh, Saturday. Okay. Uh, you yeah. tell me all sunky dory they, they kissed yeah. and hugged and made up fine. Um, but now you guys have to do the same thing because you can't just, all right, now he's an Eagle. We're not going to worry if he's out there speed racing down uh, <laughs> South street. No, it's still a legitimate question. And you guys are going to have to still legitimately on the record or off the record, ask people around the organization. Hey, how's the kid doing? How's he fitting in? Are there any issues? You may or may not get answers. They may circle the wagons and you guys may be uh, whistling in the wind, but you got to do it because it's the right thing to do. How tough is it going to be this year doing that, Jimmy K? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's sort of an area of, uh, of you know, covering the team that's a lot more difficult to kind of, you know, get information on because they're not going to talk badly about a player typically, yeah. whether it's his teammates or, or any coaches or, you know, anyone in the front office. They're just not going to, you know, slam a guy when they're trying to get the most out of him. So um, you're not going to see, you know, leaks of, you know, him being disruptive unless it's right in front of our faces and we can report it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough to figure out, really, whether things are working out with him from a personality standpoint. Again, like I said, like, I think the Eagles are, are as well positioned as anyone to have taken this kid. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's um, they're going to do everything they can to support him. And I think that started with, you know, their, their, the umbrage that they took with Rube's question. They want to protect them. Um, so, you know, I can, I can understand from their perspective, uh, you know, why, why they want to, you know, help this kid come along and, and, and be the best player in person for the team that he can be. Uh, but again, yeah, it's going to be tough for us to, to be able to, you know, tell. Uh, I, you know, I guess some players, if they really don't, if they really don't like him or something, then, you know, maybe they, you know, come to come to us and then they say something to us. But it is noteworthy that, you know, he already has a couple teammates on the, you know, on, on the Eagles roster and, and N'Kobe Dean and, uh, and and Jordan Davis and certain the Eagles would not. Howie Roseman was asked actually about that. Like, did you go to those guys and ask them, you know, what they thought of of of, of uh, Jalen Carter and. How he basically didn't want to answer that. Like he he didn't want to put the pick on those players. Like yeah, so, yeah. You know, he didn't want to say you know we have to do our job and we have to make sure that that you know he's the right fit for our team and blah 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 blah. So but it was, and he didn't so he wouldn't say we're not going to put the pick. he said we're not going to put the pick on on them. But certainly they went to them and they asked for their opinions on this guy. Like no question. And you know if if either of those guys said 
stay the hell away from this guy, then they probably wouldn't have drafted him. Uh, so I, I would imagine that they at least gave him passing grades in terms of what he is as a person. Yeah, at some point, Jimmy, I asked about, I brought back the cohabitation uh, matrix that Joe Douglas and, and Howie had uh, when they would say, hey, you were with so-and-so anywhere. What, what do you think? Um, and he mentioned, yeah, he did admit that, of course, we <laughs> ask other people who have been around him. But you also have to be cognizant of these are his friends, too. So, right. you know, they're logically going to say, oh, he's a great guy, this and that. So a lot of it falls on the hands of, of Dom, Big Dom, that how he always references, Dom DeSandro. Um, and, and, and they're doing their due diligence. But I got to tell you, Jimmy, I mean, first impressions. He seems like a good kid. He, he, yeah. You know, he he he. I think he's a little bit immature. You know, the the Kirby Smart supposedly was telling people the truth. Um, you know, maybe he's a little bit immature, but he's not Al Capone here. He's not. You know, <laughs> he's not John Dillinger. I I think, and you know, I think I was pretty immature at twenty one, twenty two. I I think that's kind of natural. Um, I can't believe at the end of the day, he lasted to number nine. This is the best player in the draft, in yeah. my estimation. I mean, people are handing things to the Eagles because they don't have the testicular fortitude to to go down these routes. Um, fair or unfair? That, that, they're, uh, that they have the fortitude to take a player like this, you mean? Yeah, other teams don't. I oh, mean, uh, absolutely. I think that's fair. Like, it's crazy to me that he also made it to nine. They're yeah. trying to get up, but evidently to like six, yeah. Yeah. seven, and eight, and nine. The cost was just too high. And then he fall, almost falls into their lap. And now they give up, what, a 2024 fourth round pick to move up to nine to get him uh, from 10. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think there's certainly some, some, I think there's, we got to see how the player pans out too. Like, if he yeah. turns out to be like a Hall of Famer, then obviously, you know, then. Ha- these other teams that passed on are going to look really foolish uh, for not having done the right homework or not having, as you put it, the testicular fortitude to, to pull the trigger on a guy like this. Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 um, it's like, like, like we said before, I think it's kind of starts at the top where Jeffrey Lurie allows them the freedom to take chances on players like this. And, uh, and, and they did. All right. The draft has come and gone. Eagles will be running some guys in undrafted free agent workout and the like. We're a good chunk of the way through the year on the roster building. But as we learned last year, it's not over until opening day because Bradford shook, uh, Bradbury shook loose in June and they trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson within the week of the start of the season. But the start of the season is going to get here at some point. And we're going to find out probably next week how the Eagles schedule lays out. We know who they're going to play. We just don't know when and where. Peter King in his Monday morning quarterback column this week suggested the Eagles and the Giants to potentially play on Black Friday, that Amazon's going to get a game on the biggest shopping day of the year. They're writing this mega big check to the National Football League, so they're going to have enough gravitas to dictate the NFL play on a Friday. If it's Eagles-Giants on Black Friday and you guys are covering the game, either here or up the turnpike, what time do you want to see the game start? Well, didn't they? Isn't it supposed to be an afternoon game? 
Is it already scheduled this afternoon? I haven't I, seen that. My understanding is that it's it's an afternoon game. I don't know if that okay. means it's at one or if it's at four. I mean, I'll always default to one. Jimmy knows that. I mean, I'll, I'll at, every game should be at one. Every yeah. period. End of yeah. sentence. Easy answer. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Night games are the worst thing in the world. Uh, yeah, I could, I'll live with a four o'clock game. I think you're right, though. You could, you could suck it up and cover a four o'clock game if need yeah. be. You too. Yeah. 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 Four o'clock is fine. It's it's the it's the night games that are the really brutal one. Not to get you know too uh, uh, focused on ourselves and, and our jobs here. Oh no! But, please feel free. I I went down that road. I took you down that road. Keep going. The, the brutal one for me was whenever they played green bay in the preseason because those are always night games on like a weekday and whenever i've gone to green bay i fly into milwaukee and i stay in milwaukee so it's like a two-hour drive to green bay so you're doing the two-hour drive to green bay you cover that game and then you're driving back to milwaukee you're not getting back to your hotel in milwaukee until like four in the morning and that and like it's I don't know if you know anything about Wisconsin, but the the road from Green Bay to Milwaukee, not a lot there. But how about how about the Monday night games against oh. the Giants? Getting on that Jersey Turnpike at You're driving night. along in the car at three AM. Yeah, rolling the windows down, slapping yourself around a little bit just to stay awake. Uh, been been there, done that, but coming out of that There's state. Some you're bad in weather games in, in recent years. Poor Dave, our buddy Dave Sangaro, he got the he got the lightning strike going up to Oh, he got yeah, his car got hit by yeah. a yeah. going up to MetLife Save. Then one time driving back a couple years ago, I couldn't see, man. I had the, I had the, it was unbelievable the downpour. So oh, we yeah. had some and, issues in Chicago this year. That I walked to the stadium from my hotel, and that's one of the coldest experiences. Oh yeah, I've had in my that life. was bad. That was bad. <laughs> Chandler couldn't be, feel his hands. He was telling right. the truth. It was, it was bad in Chicago. All right, back, back <laughs> on the field. One, uh, one aspect of this team. And I agree with the Eagles for the most part. I think they make smart decisions. I say it all the time. I think they're correct to devalue running back. I think they're correct to devalue linebacker. But, man, mm-hmm. they got nothing at all, Paul, linebacker. Yeah. As we stand here today. I have a lot of – I think Nicobe Dean's got a ton of promise. What did he play last year? 36? What was it? 36 snaps? I he mean, there's a lot a- in the one game against – the Titans when yeah. I think and he looked he, good uh, by the way he looked good, he looked good. Game, but otherwise yeah didn't did not play much in the regular yeah. huge projection Nicholas Morrow who got not one red cent of guaranteed money how do you not get anything in guaranteed money we're going to pencil him in as a starter something's got to be coming right yeah. off all linebacker maybe those two guys will be a decent enough starting duo and maybe they won't but beyond those guys, the top two guys are are who? I mean, Christian Ellis, who actually I think looked okay in like some garbage time games last year and 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 was a contributor on special teams. And Sean Bradley, who played literally zero snaps in the regular defense last year. None. Played on yeah. special teams, of course. No snaps in the regular defense. And then you have Davion Taylor. I don't know if the team has given up on him yet, but I certainly have. And then they, uh, <laughs> and then they signed uh, an undrafted free agent who's got some athleticism. They're, they're not the uh, Van Van Sumerin. Yeah, yeah. Michigan you know, State. Yeah. The, the the basically the the one line pitch on him that I that seemed to I don't know anything about the kid, but that seemed no, to pop up all over again was you know more of an athlete than a football player. So you know you're not going to count on it on a UDFA anyway. But 
Um, yeah, they're thin. I mean, it's very clear. I just put out a 53-man roster projection this morning. And, you know, they're not going to, they're not just going to, they're not going to keep just four linebackers, but if that's what they're, but that's what they would have to do if they're, if that's, if, you know, with their roster as is right now. So it is a stone cold lock. They're going to add a linebacker at some point. They have to add some kind of playable linebacker at some point between now and the start of the season. Speaking of that 53 man roster, how many running backs you got on it? Four. Yeah. It's uh for me, it's, it's uh DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott. No Trey Sermon. Yeah, no Trey he's Sermon. the odd man out. Five running backs. No, he's about the. He's the. Remember last year? Was it last year when they were, you know, oh Tay Allen. We love Tay Allen. We love Terry <laughs> Benson. We love uh, yeah. Mac McCain. Um, and all of a sudden, James Bradbury shows up. <laughs> right. Yeah, but at That's no point would any of those young DBs. Did the coach talk him up the way he talked up Trey Sermon at the owners' meetings this year? Oh, After yeah. listening to him describe him, I, I thought he was talking about Gail Sayers, to be honest. Well, he, he did get asked the direct question about Trey Sermon. And if you do that, you're going to get this guy. Yeah. You're going to yeah. get a, this guy's awesome response. Yeah, that's true. He yeah, didn't so bring he... him up on his own, is what I mean. Okay. <laughs> like... that, that, that's a fair qualifier. But again, uh, you guys have listened to more than I have. I've listened to plenty coaches uh be in either media sessions or sit downs and automate that was over the top yeah for for a guy who had two carries during the year two right he had two carries during the year he made him sound like he was all pro level watch what they do don't listen to what they say yeah um uh two early third round picks uh second one because of the uh tampering the big move up um so they go back to back um and those two guys got a chance to play, Jimmy. Give me yeah. give me a percentage on Tyler Steen winning the right guard job. They keep, they keep saying, you know, we'll wait and see. He'll have an op- with Steen it was he'll have an opportunity to compete. Are we reading too much into they're not sold on Cam Jurgens at right guard? And then Cindy Brown, if you ask me today, I'd say he's probably going to be a starter at safety unless he completely, you know, what's the bed in training camp. <laughs> right. Yeah. Safety's are the, the easier questions. I'll, I'll answer that one first, but it's those three guys that'll be competing for two roster spots in Sydney Brown, uh, Terrell Edmonds and uh, Reed Blankenship. And yeah, you take a guy that hot, you take a safety anyway, that high in the draft early in the third round. I think the expectation is that he starts. I don't know if he'll start week one, but he'll probably be starting at some point, like you said, as long as he doesn't S the B. So, uh, so yeah, uh, you know, I think Terrell Edmonds is a legit starter, and certainly Reed Blankenship uh, showed that he belongs in the NFL unquestionably with with his play uh, last season down the stretch. But yeah, Sidney Brown is like an extraordinary athlete and was very productive at Illinois. So I, I feel comfortable. I would feel comfortable with with saying that. You know, I, I agree. I, I think he probably will start. Uh, in 2023, as far as linebacker goes, or um, sorry, what was the other thing? He's, right, oh, guard, uh, right, right guard, right guard, Tyler Steen. So Tyler Steen. Yeah. So uh, when Nick got asked whether he would have a chance to compete for a starting job, you know, if he were to be asked if he could compete with Lane Johnson or with Jason Kelsey for like a starting job, if he were a right tackle or a center, oh, I mean, yeah. you, you get laughed at, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he did kind of acknowledge that, like, if if he's better than Cam Jurgens at, at right guard, then He'll start. So I don't know. I think it's uh, 
it's not a throwaway answer to a question. I think there's some legitimacy to the idea that he could uh, take that starting job if he's just awesome in training camp. Um, but I do think they they feel pretty good about Cam Jurgens. Everything that you know, first of all, I, that I've seen of Cam Jurgens, and maybe we're just limited to some preseason games and, and training camp last year because we didn't get to see much of him during the actual season. But from what I, everything I saw, like he looks like a very legit player to me. And everything that they've indi- the team has indicated about him is that they believe in him uh, as as a long term starter at center, but also as a guy who can play you know right guard in the short term. So I don't know; it's something to watch. I think at a minimum, what Steen gives you is another guy, almost like Jack Driscoll, who can you know who has some tackle. In it's weird because they announce him as a guard, and the, the yeah. narrative has changed from, well, he's a guard; can he play tackle? <laughs> he played that's all he's ever played is tackle yeah, so he's yeah. ever played he played tackle for yeah there's a vanderbilt and he protected yeah. price young's blind side the last year at alabama so yeah he can play tackle he knows how to play yeah. tackle it's just can he in my opinion can he play guard so um yeah but i, I do believe there's now here's real quick as a follow-up jim yeah because you know they had brandon brooks and Isaac Samalo moving over and even that you had that little pit stop with landon dickerson before Isaac got hurt. Yeah. These are all big guys. And and I see a lot of Eagles fans, and I'll ask you, uh, they say, well, the Eagles list Cam at whatever, three, I don't even know, three hope. And they, somewhere in the range of Isaac. Isaac looks a lot bigger to me than Cam <laughs> Jurgens. Uh, number one, is that fair to say? Number two, do the Eagles want more size? I agree with you. They think Cam's a really good player. Yeah. But I think they prefer him at center, where and obviously Jason Kelsey movement skills. They've always wanted that bigger body inside at right guard. I think that's right, and maybe the dynamic changed when they when Landon Dickerson, you know, did play left guard, uh, you know, the, uh, during the twenty twenty one season, and he and Mylotta were so yeah. together on that left side that maybe they just kind of shift the dynamic. Okay, well we'll just move our big body guy over to left guard because it worked so well next to my lot. I remember like heading into the 2022 season, I thought Dickerson was just going to go right back to, to right guard. You know, he's going to play just as well there between Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey as he did on the left side, but they just kept him on the left side and they threw Isaac in on the right side at right guard. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, it's like, it, I agree. Like certainly um, w- with the Brandon Brooks point, Brandon Brooks was huge. So yeah. like, you know, you think about the success that they had with him next to Lane Johnson. I think that anyone that you slot in at right guard in between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson has as good a chance to succeed as any other that than any other right guard in the NFL playing between like the, the best center in the NFL. And in my opinion, the best offensive lineman, not just right tackle, not just tackle, best offensive lineman in the NFL in Lane Johnson. So whoever they put in there is going to be uh, uniquely positioned for success, whether that's Steen or Jurgens. I think they really want to get Jurgens was a second round pick, man, <laughs> just a year ago. Yeah. He, he redshirted yeah. for a year. They want to get that guy on the field. They don't want a second round pick not playing the first two years of his career, in my opinion. They want to get him on the field, at least get him some action. And then when Jason Kelsey eventually retires, he'll fill in at center. But uh, I, I would say that Steen, in my opinion, is a long shot to beat out Jurgens at right guard. Uh, but again, it was interesting that they that they did just that they did that Nick did, you know, welcome the I think he really is what he's doing is, is he's welcoming competition there 
Whereas it would be laughable to do that, like I said, with a guy like Lane Johnson or Jason Kelsey. I think that's the best. When in doubt, have competition. Nick yeah. likes to use that competition word, and I, I do believe he believes it. But we did acknowledge that drift uh, every once in a while, the coach can drift to hyperbole, Canton-bound Trey Sermon. Um, <laughs> he does like to talk in those type terms about, or did like to talk about, Zach Pascal like that and what Zach Pascal brought to the team and the type of player that Zach Pascal was, he's no longer an Eagle. Will the Eagles attempt to replace what Zach Pascal brought to the table at a wide receiver spot this year? Yeah, they signed two undrafted guys in Joseph Ngata uh, out of Clemson and Jadon Hazelwood out of, well, yeah, actually it was Jalen Hurts' teammate for a year at Oklahoma transferred to Arkansas. But those are two bigger type of receivers, so they'll get a look in training camp. I don't know that you count on one of those guys to, to, to take on that Zach Pascal role um, as like your fourth wide receiver or, or whatever, you want to, whatever you want to call him. But they'll have a chance to show what they can do in training camp. I wonder if they'll add another uh, receiver who can play uh, on the outside at some point between now and the start of the season. They think of Quez Watkins as a receiver who can play outside because obviously, you know, the Eagles are – are you know they've if not the best one two wide receiver duo in the NFL and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith I mean certainly they're top two top three beyond them they just don't have much on the outside so it's probably Quez is the guy that plays outside if, if either one of those guys gets hurt <clears throat> and of course they signed Alameda Zacchaeus uh in free agency he's strictly a slot receiver they have Britton Covey who didn't get to play much really at all uh in the regular offense a year ago but if he does you know, expand his role at some point. Again, just the slot receiver. So they don't have much depth on the outside. I wonder if they'll try to bring in somebody else uh, at that spot. And I wonder if actually Grant Calcaterra, uh, backup tight end, might do some of the things that Zach Pascal did uh, in the Eagles offense a year ago. Like they weren't asking Zach Pascal to, you know, catch many passes. And certainly you're not going to give a guy like that a lot of targets when you employ A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And Dallas Goddard, and to a lesser degree, you know, Quez and whatever running back you have, Kenny Gamo, whatever. Um, so I wonder if uh, Calcaterra can maybe take on some of the role that uh, Zach Pascal had in 2022. But it is a hole on the roster right now. And uh, they, their, their depth at wide receiver would be concerning if they didn't have to worry about it last year because Brown and Smith stayed healthy. Yeah. If one of those guys went down. That's a trouble area. Uh, Alama De Zacchaeus uh, involved as well at wide receiver, potential slot receiver. But, yeah, yeah they're going to miss that. It's a nice luxury to have to have a, a blocking receiver like Zach Pascal, But it is a luxury. Uh, at Jimmy Kemsky, make sure you follow Jimmy on Twitter. Uh, check out his way too early 53-man roster projection. The reigning champion, by the way, right. uh, uh, Jody McDonald. Uh, oh, he won the roster champ- contest this year. Yeah, you got two oh. former champions here. Well, I had Jimmy's forgotten. My can, champion. Uh, my apologies, Mister Kemsky. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh champion, heavy, you are. John yeah. is a heavy hitter on that one. I would yeah. say the top, the top, top four in that particular competition: uh, John, me, Bo, and Jeff McLean are. Yeah. Uh, we're all we're all usually uh, among the top performers in, in that. Right. As, as Zangaro says, them fighting words. <laughs> Uh, you guys gonna puffing out your chest now. Wait till early September. You'll be ready for you. The ra- I'm coming for you, Jimmy. I'm coming okay. for you. Um, uh, last one, Tanner McKee. I think a lot of people thought, you know, when the Eagles brought in 
Marcus Mariota to be the backup. They wanted similar styles to Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they do the 180. Hey, let's bring in a six foot six <laughs> pocket passer who can't move at all. Right. Did that surprise you at all? Yeah, I thought that they were maybe going to lean toward a guy like Dorian Thompson Robinson, who I think went 140th overall. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, And then they took, uh, or I'm sorry, and then there was uh, Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall, BYU, fifth rounder. Yeah. Who has, yeah. Uh, you know, some mobility. He went before Tanner McKee as well. Uh, I don't remember exactly when, but uh, went before Tanner McKee. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was a surprise to me that they took a guy like Tanner McKee. Just a, it actually was more. That's a guy that I that really fit what the Eagles, you know, were drafting for a while when Carson Wentz was the quarterback. Yeah. Like Clayton Thorson, when they took him, that was not a surprise at all to me that they took sort of a bigger, you know, not real, not super athletic quarterback. Um, and then they took Jalen Hurts, and I was like, wow, well that's different than what I was <laughs> what I was expecting. So I think the the moral of the story here is we don't really know what the Eagles value in, in quarterbacks. Uh, Actually, I guess we do because uh, Nick Sirianni has on several occasions on several occasions listed the four traits that he yeah. prioritizes yeah. at the quarterback position, and he always does it in order too. The order is accuracy, decision making, uh, ability to to make plays off schedule, and then um, no, there's one. You're right. It's accuracy first. Uh, decision. Movement, yeah, decision making is too. Movement is last. That's oh, is oh, arm strength is three. Arm strength is three. And not and the way he phrases arm strength too is not necessarily has to has to have a great arm. Just no. has to be able to make every throw. Yeah, has to yes. has to be arm strength has to, has to be above a certain line. Yeah. Um. So he said about McKee that he's got the accuracy. He's, he's got, got the, the three. He's got. <laughs> he's, he's got. got the three. Yeah. He's got. Uh. He's. He's got you know decision making and he's got you know good enough arm strength. Did not try to sell us no. the idea no. that he could run around. That would be easily refuted. I don't know yeah. if he's accurate or not. Like he threw, and I, I don't think you know uh, you know completion percentage is a perfect measure of accuracy. But he's sixty three percent, which isn't very high, particularly at the college level. Um, that Stanford team stunk. So yeah. I watched a bunch of Stanford games. <laughs> They're a bad football team. That offensive line with Swiss cheese. And with his inability to make plays off schedule, he's kind of a sitting duck. So yeah. he'll, he'll be much better behind the Eagles' offensive line. All right, Jimmy, last one for me. Sure. The Eagles have this newfound respect from the league office. Somehow they got paid off for being tampered with when other teams in the league did not. Don't know how this started. Don't know where it came from. Just sit back, smile, and take it. Let's say a call comes in from Roger Goodell to Jeff Flory this week, and he says, "We're gonna. We, we, we appreciate everything you do. Feel bad for that last second field goal, Harrison Butker. Uh, we're thinking about scheduling the Chiefs and the Eagles game one Thursday night <laughs> kickoff the season. Definitely the Chiefs because they're the champs. But Jeff, uh, we'll, we'll let you say yay or nay." If you want to play the game, yours. If you don't, we'll figure out somebody else and you got to play the Chiefs later in the year. If Jeff Lurie is offered the chance to play first game of the season this year on Thursday night in a rematch of the Super Bowl, does he say yay or nay? Hell no. No. <laughs> Come on, Hell it's no, first game of the season. No, not play Nothing the takes league. better no. than, than quickly gotten revenge. No. Nope. I want to win week one. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I just you know, they might beat the Chiefs, but I'll take the I'll take the game. Yeah, John yeah. kept telling me after the Super Bowl they actually had the better team. So why not I, take I them on again? Did. First I, game. I, of the I think they did have the better team. Jimmy, where are you? I, I would say the I, team. oh, absolutely. I I think if they play that game ten times, the Eagles win at six, and yeah. we kind of saw that in the first half where they were. I mean, they were dominant, and then. Yeah. Well, then should Jeff Laurie ask that of the commissioner? At the end of the year, can we play six out of ten rather than just one? Yeah, maybe. The best team maybe. doesn't necessarily maybe. win. Yeah. No, the best team doesn't win all the time. Jody argues me with me. I mean, it happens every week. There's upsets. Crappy teams beat good teams. The best team doesn't always no, win. I'm not arguing with you on that. I'm arguing that the better team won the game. They both I, finished I with the same the exact – they That's both why... finished with the same exact record in the regular season. The Chiefs played a tougher schedule than the Eagles did. The Chiefs had a tougher time coming through the playoffs, and then they played each other, and one team won and one team didn't. I don't know how you can't take the team that accomplished. I, I, my personal opinion is. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That's the best team I've ever covered. I say it's better. Well, that's that of Jimmy too. We got to get. I, I apologize, Jimmy. No, we got to get you out of here. I think the last year's Eagles team was better than the Super Bowl winning Eagles oh, team, I and I don't think yeah. it was even that close, I to agree. be honest. Yeah, best team I've ever covered. <laughs> they didn't get it done at the biggest stage. If they get one defensive play, it's a totally different conversation. Hey, I think they were the better team. I, I'm not saying it's a blowout. Kansas City's very good. I have tremendous respect for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Sure. They're a very good team, but I think the Eagles had the better team. That's why Howie was so stinking depressed afterwards. He's like, <laughs> damn it. Well, they're, they're also favored in the game, too. Yeah. Yeah. By what, like two or three, two and a half? No, it was, that, it was a point. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, think oh, boy, was, I think it was a point and a half. One, yeah. one point favorite. Jimmy, good stuff. Always a pleasure, buddy. We appreciate whenever you jump in. Uh, the new schedule will be out. We'll get you back on again after that. Thank you very much for joining us today. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Jimmy Kemsky, phillyvoice.com. We got to meet Charlie Kemsky. I'm excited by that. Oh, Charlie the Pooch, yeah. A, yeah. a, a four-man spot here on Birds 365. Mac and Mac and Jimmy and Charlie. That's not a bad uh, quartet. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac coming back. Uh, Mike Gill's going to join us in less than 20 minutes now. So you want to stay with us on Birds 365.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Here on Birds 365, Wednesday get-together, Mike Gill from 97.3 ESPN Radio Down the Shore, uh, the host of the Sports Bash, going to jump in with us in about 15 minutes from now. Um, John, I, I either want to bring this to your attention, or I want to ask you what the hey. Um, was thinking about the Eagles running game with this upcoming season, the addition of DeAndre Swift. How does he factor in? I asked Jimmy Kemsky how many running backs he's got on his 53-man roster, the much-too-early 53-man roster. I love the much-too-early stuff. It just gives you uh, stuff to debate and talk about, and we thank Jimmy for that. Uh, And he's got Trey Sermon not making the team. Don't know how that's going to go over with the coach. Um, But because I was thinking about Brian Johnson and how he's going to call plays this year and what the Eagle running game is going to look like as compared to what it was last year, and the more I thought about it, I go, well, yeah, Brian Johnson's calling the plays, but it's such a hands-on offense, Nick Sirianni and Kevin Petullo and the like. And I had forgotten what Kevin Petullo's new coaching uh, title was, that the uh, head coach went out of the way to make sure that Kevin Petullo got some love this offseason, that he actually switched his title. Am I correct about that, that they 
somewhat changed his title, but didn't necessarily say his responsibilities yes, were going to change yes, at all. Yes, yes. It was, uh, I, I brought up the Cheers episode. <laughs> the Cheers uh, title episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Kevin's very close to Nick Sirianni. I've said that from kind of day one. He's sort of his, I call him his consigliari. Uh, he's his right-hand man, even sort of when Shane was here. Um, you know, when he got the job, Kevin was one of the first people with him, and he was doing a lot of the legwork when he was trying to hire coaches and all that stuff, contacting people. They're really, really close. Um that's why I thought there was at least some – I thought there would be some chance that it would elevate him to a, offensive coordinator. But, uh, you know, the Eagles were concerned about losing Brian Johnson. They probably would have lost Brian Johnson if they didn't elevate him. Um, so it's one of those things. But, uh, yeah, his, his role's not going to change that much. And correct me if I'm wrong, he went from assistant head coach to associate head coach. Associate, because they already have an assistant head coach. Yeah, that's Shamal that's that's Singleton. Um, pretty damn yeah. big title, which may mean absolutely nothing. <clears throat> but I, I just wanted to double-check that, so I punched up the Eagles coaching staff from the Eagles website, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, and went, oh, okay, now he's associate. I'm pretty sure he's assistant at that time. And I went through the entire coaching staff. You know who's not on there, Johnny Mac? Matt Patricia on the Eagles website, Philadelphia Eagles coaches, they run down all their coaches and all their assistants, and they all have a smart, shiny picture, smiling picture of all the coaches. I did not see Matt Patricia there today. Is that just an oversight? Is it a reconsideration? Is it a Matt Patricia is going to be the guy behind the curtain all year long? They've already got one guy behind the curtain. His name's Sean Desai. We haven't met him yet. He's the actual, odd, oh, his picture's there. I can pick him out of a six-pack now because his picture's right there, right under the head coach as the coordinator should be. Sean Desai is there. Did not see Matt Patricia. Just an oversight or a mistake or... Uh, you feel free to punch it up and tell me that I'm wrong. Jody, what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, yeah, all right, fine. It was 7.15 in the morning when you were looking at the Eagles' website to find out who their, uh, what title uh, Kevin Petullo had, uh, and how the hell did you miss Matt Patricia? He's right there. I went over it three times, and I didn't see Matt No, Patricia. he's not there. He's not there. What, yeah. what the we hell? We were talking about that on the draft, um, during the draft. Um they still have not confirmed it. Um, Adam Adam Schefter confirmed it. Um, um, all of us, it was on the website, and they took it off. I told you that story. Yeah, you saw um, it for, what, 22 seconds or yeah. something? Um, so <laughs> he's expected here why it's taking as long as it's taking. I don't know, but maybe that's an indication that maybe he shouldn't be here. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, he's supposed to be here when the Eagles, you know, finally admit it. Uh, and, and they've talked about it. Before. And Nick said it, by the way, because he was asked. And he said, yes, it's trending in that direction. Trending. Um, why it hasn't happened yet, I can't tell you. Um, 
you know, we had too much. We didn't ask him about that because we had too much draft stuff to go over. But, you know, when we see Nick next, which will probably be on Friday, I, I will I will ask him that. Or, Fair enough. Does Do you read into that that Patricia was not certainly, well, I shouldn't say certainly, but probably not in the building. Nobody saw him in the building. He was not consulted at all during the draft. Different teams run drafts differently, and you have getting the shot of the <clears throat> war room, and I saw Sirianni, but I didn't recognize any of the other coaches specifically in there. Um, do you think that uh, Matt Patricia is not uh, going to be consulted or uh, is not? No, well, I, I mean, in his role, he would not be, you know, a big part of the draft process anyway. So, you know, that's sort of like whatever his title ends up being senior defensive consultant is what was up there. Um, he's not going to be, you know, game planning or, or, you know, involved in scheming or, or things like that. That's obviously going to be Sean Desai. And, you know, he's the one you're sort of drafting for, so to speak. Um, so I now either way wouldn't have, he wouldn't have a big role um, when it comes to stuff like that anyway, even even in the job he was supposed to be getting. Um, what do you think a senior defensive consultant actually does do? <laughs> well, it's different for everybody, but it's, you know, you I, have these, no, you, 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 there's no dictionary to look it up in. So, yeah, I'm just I mean, if you look you at it, speculate here for me, big guy. Past couple of years, you know, with Jim Bob Cooter, offensively did special projects um you know uh, uh marcus brady they brought in to sort of you know explain what defenses might do to try to attack certain looks big banjo when he came in for the two weeks um was helping the offense in the opposite direction uh how is the defense going to handle this um those are the types of things the eagles have typically used uh consultants for um so you know how that shakes out um we shall see but yeah i mean he's not sean decides the defense coordinator so he's he's going to be the one in charge of the defense and and all that kind of stuff um um so it's not like matt patricia is going to you know, and maybe the Eagles start thinking about this, and they saw the the, the groundswell of, of interest because of the history, not only of Matt Patricia, but his history with Darius Slay and all that kind of stuff. And then started thinking about, and again, this is just speculation, started thinking about, hey, we got a young defensive coordinator, doesn't have a lot of uh, um, experience in this role, Um in this town, you just saw what happened to Jonathan Gannon. You know, you really want Matt Patricia hanging over his shoulder? Yeah, here's why you want Matt Patricia hanging over his shoulder. What does Jeff Lurie like to do when things don't go well, Johnny Mac? Uh, scapegoat. Scapegoat. Yeah. I can't think of a better scapegoat than Matt Patricia. If the defense isn't going well, uh, Patricia's influencer, blah, 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 blah. it kind of takes the heat off the side. If, if if you've got somebody to drop the baggage on, why not have a rarely recognizable name to drop the baggage on if there's going to need 
They're knee-deep scapegoating. Can I, just, can I just get something? I, I just have to say this. By the way, two things. Randall Cobb signed with the Jets. You're going to have a lot of fun with that Aaron Rodgers. Um, evidently, Adam Schefter was on talking about And by the way, well, since, since you went there out of nowhere, um, Randall Cobb be on the team. He'll get to hang out with Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to get the ball. Yeah, he's going to throw the ball to Garrett Wilson. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about Randall Cobb taking throws from other better jet young wide receivers. Rodgers just likes having his buddies around him. He likes, get, he likes getting them contracts. He likes yeah. to be able to say, hey, you're here because of me. So, yeah, when you acquire Aaron Rodgers, you know you're acquiring that as so, well. He's going to take up a couple spots on the 53-man roster because you're going to have to go get his guys. And and more important locally, um, ev- evidently Adam Schefter's on. Adam's great, obviously. Um, so let me let me quote. It's quoted here. It impacted where these people can't turn the page on Jonathan Gannon. He's not here. Here's what Adam said. It impacted a lot of people's lives. Like Big Fangio probably wouldn't have taken the Dolphins job and stayed in Philadelphia. Things didn't go down the way it went down. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody's got to explain that to me. Yeah, the calendar doesn't work, knuckleheads. Like Adam is great. Adam gets stuff wrong. Here's an example of Vic Fangio agreed to become the Dolphins defensive coordinator on January 29th. You know what January 29th was, Jody? Day before my birthday? Day before your birthday, also the day of the NFC championship game. The day of the NFC championship game is when he took the job as defensive coordinator with the Miami Dolphins. By the way, to become the highest paid coordinator in NFL history. That's part of it, too. Right. Um, which, which, oh, by the way, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'll let you make your whole point. Why the hell did the NFL allow that? If he's the defensive coordinator of the Dolphins, what the hell is he doing consulting the Eagles going up to the Super Bowl? If he's already working for another team, agreed to work for another team, yeah, but I'm not going to start for two weeks. I'm going to just do this little side gig. Agreed, thing, you know, agreed to uh, 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 because he didn't sign the contract, so he's not under contract. Well, so then he, he didn't become he the defensive coordinator on the. the no, 29th. but he agreed to terms to be the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. Now, That's big Fangio, league has the league has then agreed to terms, but until you put your name on that dotted line. Did you or didn't you become the defense? Well, it, 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 it doesn't matter. Do people think he was going to step out of an agreement of terms to with the Dolphins to become the defensive coordinator? The calendar is my point. It doesn't match up, you stupid conspiracy theorist idiots. It doesn't match up. He had already taken the job with the Dolphins before tampering started. God, these people drive me insane, Jody. Man, Adam, Adam, by the way, Adam's probably on the radio this morning. He's talking stuff off off the cuff. Understandably so. I'm not blaming Adam. The calendar doesn't match up. This is a problem with these conspiracy theorists. They don't ask the simple questions. The problem with Big Bangio and the Eagles was Houston. Now, the Jonathan thought he was getting the Houston job for the second consecutive season. And they turned 
they did a 180 and turned away from him again. Had he gotten the Houston job? Yes. Vic Fangio would probably be the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia. That was the issue. Houston, not Arizona. But, man, these morons can't give it up. Yeah, see, then you know who I blame for all this? The Eagles for winning the NFC Championship game. Yeah, they, exactly. If they had lost, then the San Francisco 49ers would have been going to the Super Bowl, and their coach wouldn't have been available because he would have been uh, preparing for the Super Bowl, and there would have been tampering with the 49ers. And Jonathan Gunn could have gone in a simple way to use yeah, it. exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think Eagle fans really wanted the Eagles to win that game. <laughs> Since they did and went to the Super Bowl, you can't have your cake and eat it too, I think is one of the points Johnny trying to make here. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. That makes us Mac a Mac on Birds 365. Coming up next, we're headed down the shore. Do we really want to go down here? Still freaking cold. Isn't it May, John? I got the dog out this morning. I got to put a uh, quasi-winter coat on. It's cold out. When is the summer going to start? Well, that's the guy from down the shore. Mike Gill's next here on Bird Street 65. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... It's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life Celebrations by Givnish. 
customizing services as unique as the individual. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Got Mac and Mac here on Break 365, and it's our usual Wednesday guest. Good to have Mike Gill up and uh, joining us from the shore. Either your camera's a little off or you've been out in the sun. It's been friggin' cold this last week. How you getting color down there on the shore, Gil? It's windburn, man. There you go. Wind yeah, burn. it's got to be windy. Chilly. Yeah, man. Uh, it's got to be chilly down there. It, it's not. Yeah, it's not too bad. I um, I was out Saturday. I was up at uh, the crew races at Cooper River. So maybe because I was outside. Oh, all, day. all right. Yeah. Cooper River crew races. I like it. It's right around the road uh, block from me. Mike should have texted me. I would have watched don't, the crew don't races. They, they, uh, you were just watching, not participating. No, I'm not rowing. Uh, just had to check. <laughs> I was going to say they'd have to get a reinforced boat for you, you there, big guy. <laughs> no, uh, no rowing for me. Just a spectator. A lot of good food there, though, man. They they put the tents up and down the rivers. I mean, you've seen it on the Schuylkill. You know, they do it on both the Jersey side too this week. So. A lot of good, a lot of good fare. What All did right. you have to eat? Now that you went there, you're gonna have to tell us. Give it, give us Man. a Mike Mike Gill plate at the. Uh, uh, well, it's an all day thing. thing. These schools all have like their own individual tents. So whatever school you're there with, you know the parents make. Like, I mean, it's like they got pizza makers and you've got like uh, shrimp fried rice and chicken <laughs> fried rice and. I mean, you could get anything you want, it, it, like mac and cheese. I mean, it's an all day. They got what, breakfast. What school were you hanging with? My girlfriend's son rose for Egg Harbor Township. So. Egg Harbor, okay. Well, then, yeah. what was the key? I'm I'm hoping eggs. Did they stay stay true to the name? Yeah, we do. You? We do the um, breakfast sandwiches, bacon, egg, and cheese, but for them when they first get there, and then they row, and then they come. I mean, these kids are treated like you know kings, man. Nice, yeah. Yeah, they deserve it. And what, are, what what what's the T-shirt? Is that Stockton today? The Stockton University yeah. Opera. Yeah, this was. All uh, right, they're opening up. Uh, I saw they're opening up a, a dorm or something in Atlantic City. Yeah, the Atlantic City campus is expanding to uh, to add more. You know the the amount of people that are applying that want to stay in Atlantic City. They don't have the the room. They only built that one dorm when they first opened, so they bought more more space over that. That campus is going to be it's going to be pretty darn big. Nice. All right. Speaking of campus, we know you haven't been to campus for a while, but we know your loyalties <laughs> are still to West Virginia. Jasir Cox. Safety gonna come in and get a workout <laughs> with the Eagles, and then if he does well, he might get on the uh undrafted free agent list and signed with the birds. Uh, did you notice Jasir Cox making plays for your West Virginia squad this year? Not really, no. Uh, the defense was <laughs> the defense was not uh, the, the team has been down, but no, Cox, but put it this way, um, I wouldn't imagine him sticking around, um with the Eagles here. I, the, the West Virginia program has been in a little bit of a mess since uh, Dana Holgerson has left. They had the kid that went to the Raiders, the safety, his name is escaping me, but he was pretty good. He was the last kind of safety that they had. Um, the Eagles drafted a bunch of guys from West Virginia a couple of oh, years yeah. ago. None Shelton of them. Really. Gibson, baby. Yeah. Shelton Gibson. Um, 
the receiver. Uh, they had a uh, well. They had Rasul Douglas, who yeah, was a, Rasul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's been good Rasul. everywhere but here. Still playing, still he getting it done, still coming up with picks. He wasn't terrible here. He, no, I said he's been good everywhere else. He was at, He had nights where he would have a big game, and you're like, why doesn't he play more? And then. You know, for a baseball reference for you, Jody, I mean, he was like John Mayberry Jr. You know, the fans wanted him to play more because he hit like two home runs in pinch hitting roles. And then when you played him more, he struck out every time he was up. That would probably be a better fit for this defense with all the zone coverage and all that kind of. He's a pure zone corner. Yeah. Now, Uh, Cox, I think, is kind of a box guy. More. he, He. They play that weird three, three, five style defense, and he's kind of like a. He was like a linebacker safety type there. I, I wouldn't imagine you're getting anything here. No. As much as I'd like to say, yes, you got a steal. You found something. Great job. I don't think uh, – I don't think – Well, everybody. Happens. Everybody thinks Eli Ricks, because he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, is going to make the Eagles. Um, well, I told you – with you, John, I told the story yesterday. So Eli Ricks, when they do these way too early drafts, mock drafts for next yeah. year, well, yeah, when they like did it last mode. year, top when, 10. They, when Todd McShay did his last year, Eli Ricks was picked number 10 overall. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Stuff uh, happens. Guys go up, guys go down. That's why we called them way too early. All right, is it way too early for me to ask you this question, Mike Gill? I just asked it of Jimmy Kemsky. If Jeff Lurie were asked, if he were given the chance to dictate first opponent of the year for the Philadelphia Eagles opening Thursday night into Kansas City to get a rematch of the Super Bowl. Last game played Philadelphia, Kansas City. First game played Philadelphia, Kansas City. If Jeff Lurie got to choose yay or nay, what do you think he'd say? Probably indifferent. I mean, you get the opening night hoopla and all that stuff it feels like you know you get the rematch conversation for the the lead up but I don't really think he cares in fact he probably um would rather have a home game to start the season off and and kind of do the whole banner ceremony I'm sure they're going to do something to kind of kick off the season so I would imagine Phillies gave out rings are the Eagles giving out rings Probably not. The ring is 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 probably not going to happen for the Eagles, but uh, I I don't think that he probably has a preference. I do know I saw the Peter King thing that he is speculating that the Eagles will play on Black Friday. Uh, would that be a game in Philly or New York? Because he said it would be against the Giants. I don't know. I would wonder if that's a game he would be clamoring for. Does does would the owner want to play a home game on Black Friday and have that game on Amazon Prime only? I think he would have more of like, I care about that than the, I don't know what these, like being on the road on Thursday night, what does, what are the Eagles and what would Jeffrey Lurie get out of that? I think, i be truthful with you, I think 32 owners are trying to avoid Amazon Prime. Oh, they want to cash a check. They want to say thank you very much when the check clears. But do any of them really want to play on Amazon Prime? No, not if it's on no, Thursday no. night. But this not on not on any night. Right. Well, I think they'd rather Black be Friday on... game. Have I don't know that they've given the time 
for this game, but when would work on Black Friday? Is it going to be an afternoon yeah, game? John, John and both John and uh, Jimmy Kemsky said they're pretty sure it's an afternoon Yeah, I believe game. it's an afternoon game. Right, like I thought it was going to be like a 3 o'clock somewhere in like the mid at That's a weird NFL time on a Friday. Oh, it's I mean. weird, you know, Friday. I mean, well, you got to let them go out and do their shopping. But then you want them, you want them coming straight from the mall or straight from the PC. Just slide over in front of your forty-inch TV and then watch the Eagles. And ironically, and the nobody goes to the mall anymore because of Amazon. So right. it's it's very. That's ironic, why I said slide thing. over from the PC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, nobody wants nobody. But the check is too big, so somebody's got to play on on Friday and. Um, we'll see. May 11th, I believe, is the date, uh, tentative date that the NFL yeah. will release. That's what I was told, May 11th. Yeah, which is another one of those days on the calendar. Everybody gets excited about uh, dates, basically, because we already know the opponents. So it becomes, and I get it from a, a standpoint from fans that want to travel to games and things like that. And yeah, you got to plan your trip. Yeah, you got to plan bro so logistically, but from a standpoint of you know me, Mike, the it's a win, it's a loss game. I mean, come on, tell me who's playing that day, uh, and then I can give you an educated guess. But it is part of it, like mock drafts, draft grades. So let's get to the draft grades, the all important draft grades. Kind of tough to poke holes in the Eagles. Uh, draft this year, draft philosophy. Um, can you find any holes? You know, I don't mind draft grades. I don't generally grade you on the player. You almost are holding yourself accountable of what you thought, you know, in your mind. The draft grade is to grade the person who gave the analysis, right? Yeah. What you ultimately think of that player and whether that player is going to work out or not. If you look at Jalen Carter, I think most people who evaluated him thought he'd be the best player, not, you know, not the number one overall pick because he wasn't a quarterback, but the best player in the draft. You end up getting him at number nine. Um, you know, we know why he fell. The circumstances around that, I think, will be a story to see if this kid can keep his you know nose clean while he's here in Philadelphia. But if he does, you're probably getting an impact player. You know, this is something the Eagles really haven't had as a first round pick. When was the last time a first round player has come in and made an impact for this team immediately? I mean, they drafted guys in the first round that have been decent players, but which one has come in day one and might have his name in the paper the first day. Do they still print the paper up there? Cause they stopped doing it down here, but the guy who makes the play right <laughs> off the bat, that gets his name in the headlines that first game, this kid has a chance to do that. They have not had an impactful Rookie. They've had good rookie players. They've had good players in the draft that are starting. A lot of offensive linemen, you know, that they found guys yeah, later well, in the draft. Come on. De Devontae was just that type of a play. He might not have had his best day, day one, game one, but he was a high enough pick and a well enough. Th he was a freaking Heisman Trophy winner. Eagles land yeah. Heisman Trophy winner. Gotta give Devontae that much scratch. Yeah, no, he, he had a, and he had a solid rookie season, and I think he scored early in his career. He might have scored in his first game. Uh, with the Eagles, and he had a solid year, he had like yeah. 900 yards. That's so I'm not saying the bust, not a bust by any stretch of the imagination. I'm talking about a player who could be talked about as a Pro Bowler from the from the first snap of the ball. I think he'll be that type of player right off the bat. Where you know you get that rookie player who 
like a Micah Parsons. I'm not saying he's going to be sacking the quarterback 18 times, but that when you're talking about the Eagles halfway through the season, man, they've got this rookie Jalen Carter, and he has really changed the way they've done defense in Philadelphia, you know, that kind of stuff. So they, they, they hit a home run, I think, with that. Nolan Smith, I don't think, will play uh, enough to make that big of an impact. He'll probably be a rotational player, but you can't uh, pass on the speed and explosion that he brings uh, and the possibilities that he has maybe for down the road to be a little bit more. So those th- th- that first night was outstanding. Uh, obviously, the second night, not as sexy. They get a guard uh, who played tackle. You're going to have to try to move him. So he'll be in a competition, Steen, in uh, training camp. And then the safety. You know, you look at Brown and wonder, is he going to be getting the week one snaps right off the bat? Because he'll be uh, probably one of the favorites to play in this rookie class. And a lot of times in this rookie, the last couple of rookie classes, these guys, Nicobe Dean, didn't get a lot of playing time. Guys that they drafted that you were excited about didn't get a lot of um, opportunities. So we'll see if Brown ends up being that. And then, of course, after that, you'll, you got a bunch of guys, um, you know, Kaylee Ringo, who's got a lot of potential, probably won't play a lot because of the safety situa- corner situation unless there's an injury. And then he may factor into playing. Um, the quarterback obviously doesn't even really fit what they do here, but interesting story in itself. And then Ojomo, uh, the defensive tackle, who's <laughs> that dude's a freak athlete. I mean, I watched him a plenty at Texas, uh, but I can't imagine he gets into the tackle rotation. So overall, That's a tough, tough numbers game for yeah. Ojomo. Yeah. Overall, I thought the the draft. I don't know that you looked and said, "Man, this guy was on the board." What were they doing? That didn't really happen. And of course, the trade. That factors in as well, getting Swift here. I asked yesterday on my show, if Penny and Swift are both healthy the entire year, who has a bigger impact? That's Penny. a legit question. Penny. Uh, but, you know, Penny's good. Penny's, like, really good. I mean, he's he, – we've already seen Penny perform at a really, really, really high level, but he's never healthy. But in, under this exercise, he's completely healthy. Yeah. He's the better player. I mean, it's not even particularly well, And I think it was you, John, that was on with me yesterday, and I said, I think Eagle fans are maybe – and I'm not saying that Swift was a bad trade. It was a it was a fine trade to take a chance on and see what he adds to this team. But I think Eagle fans remember that he burned you for 144 yeah. yards in week number one. His best and game is the rest of the year. Game. Yeah. Right. The, the rest of the year, he was just an okay player for them. Yeah. Yeah. Here's how I'll answer your question with a question <clears throat> Will the Eagles throw the ball to the backs more this year than they have before? John and I touch on this all the time. Yeah. With Jalen Hurts, quick read, not there. What happens? He pulls it down and he runs. Yeah. Other quarterbacks hold for that extra second, look for the check down, dump it off back makes a play going down the field everyone when talking about oh swift is good out of the backfield man he's a good pass catcher yeah he is but will the eagles actually take advantage of that uh both john and i are kind of leaning toward not as long as jalen hurts jalen hurts yeah will johnson tell him listen we need you checking it down more. We don't want you going on taking off as many times as you did. We need to cut into that number of Jalen Hurts runs. Do you think that happens this year? Because if it does, then I might say Swift is right. uh, actually more important than Penny. But if not, yeah, John's right. Penny's going to have the bigger impact. 
Yeah, he had 48 catches last year. Um, I think there's somewhere like 65 the... the year before. He's yeah, been he's great really out of the backfield. He's, he's a really yeah, oh, good receiver. Really I think good. it's somewhere in between, and I and I and I totally understand John's point of hey, he doesn't need to check it down because he'll just tuck it and run himself. But I guess I would ask this question: Can you have more design stuff for the running back to catch the ball? Can you have stuff where we are going to do more screens? We are going to do more, you know, little hooks over the middle and just kind of dump it over the line. I don't know. Uh, you might say, look, we didn't have a guy that we were going to design stuff for in the past. Miles Sanders, not a great pass catcher. We didn't really have a lot for Gainwell. Scott's not in the, the lineup enough. So we don't really have those plays in our offense. Well, now I have a guy that I can design something specifically for. Maybe, but if not, then I tend to agree that you probably aren't going to get the fruits of his labor and where he excels as much because when Hertz doesn't yeah. see what's there, he just takes off and gets the 12 yards himself. Unless, and, and if you know, Sirianni said, we didn't pay him to do less, unless they drill in his head, hey, we have Swift now. Let him do, dump it to him and let him do the dirty work. Uh, I don't know that I see that happening. So I would tend to lean with you guys, but I'm giving you a way that maybe they can get him more involved. Yeah, I'm a, I mean, DeAndre's a really good receiver. I think Kenny Gainwell's a really good receiver. People just don't recognize it yet because they don't use him. Because they don't, they don't him. need to use him because the quarterback handles which, it himself. I think which, that by the way, with change. Swift here, the whole Kenny Gainwell breakout season – not out. No, yeah. You, you, you can put that one in your back pocket. And say it is interesting, day. though. Um, third down, hurry up. Is it going to be Swift or Gainwell? That to me is interesting um, because it, they've defaulted to Kenny Gainwell and that and he played well in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. Um, will it be Swift? Look, if Penny is healthy, and again, that's the biggest hit. If, if you ask me, Who's going to have the most touches, you know, betting-wise? I'm going Swift. But if he's completely healthy, Penny's going to be the lead back. I mean, Penny's – he's different. Yes. Yeah. He, well, isn't he's the guy different. with most touches the lead back? Yes. But I'm saying he's going to have the most touches, Jody, because Penny's going to be hurt for oh, okay. a significant you, part you, of you, the season. But in Mike's – uh, sort of uh, a scenario. He's healthy. If he's yeah. healthy, it's going to be Penny. Well, I'm just trying to get a um, you know something for the listeners and the viewers and the fans to kind of you know I think they got Swift. It was like we stole this guy for a fourth round pick. Well, if all is healthy, if everybody's playing you know healthy, Penny's the better player. So don't get so excited about Swift because Penny will be the guy who's going to be the guy you should be. And I agree with John that you should be more excited about Penny is a outstanding player when he is on the he averaged think about this he got six yards a carry behind that seattle offensive line i mean that offensive line is routinely terrible now they were better <laughs> this year up yeah. front they've been but, a little bit better but yeah, yeah this guy finds you know ways to get five six yards a carry behind notoriously bad offensive lines he's got the best offensive line of football to get a chance to run behind now so does that keep him healthy? Does that get him even more yards per carry? If you're getting six behind Seattle's offensive line, how am I, How many am I getting behind this offensive line? 
All right, Mike Gill, uh, crystal ball time. The Eagles starting right guard on opening day this year will be who? It's a good one. Um, man, am I way am I way on an island by myself to say it might be Jack Driscoll? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're, you're out there you're, by yourself. You're, you're on Gilligan's Island. You don't have the professor or Mary yeah. or the skipper. Yeah, sorry, Gilligan. You are all by your lonesome on that. That island. I mean, Driscoll has, you know, he's got experience. He's the veteran player of this group. They know him. I think it could be a situation like we saw, um, you know, I, I guess in the year they went to the Super Bowl. I guess say Amala started, then they ended up going. So I guess it's reverse. In this case, Driscoll would be the Wisniewski where yeah. we know what you are. Uh, I'll, I'll say this, Mike. I'll say this. It, it It's not an impossibility. But he started there before. I mean, he had. Oh, yeah. he's the only one of the group that has started and played right guard in I'm the saying, NFL. I, but what I will say is if Jack Driscoll is starting, things went badly uh, in training camp uh, because they wanted to be Cam Jurgens or Tyler Steen. And if they both don't seize the job and they got to yeah. go, you know what? Let's just have Driscoll in there. Things did not go according to plan, but it might happen. Right. Well, Jericho I guess I've never played it. Steen's never played it. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm looking at it at who will play the most games there. Maybe not who will be the starting right guard at the start of the year. And I kind of default to what they did in the Super Bowl year was, hey, we gave Sam all of the shot. He didn't produce. We went, who was it? Max Gene Gillis they went to next. What about Max Gene Gillis? Right. Uh, John McMullen, we've been doing this for three years. Has Max Gene Gillis's name ever been mentioned before on Birds 365? I I believe not. Yeah. Xander, Uh, go through the transcripts. Go see if you can look through there. (laughs) That'll take Xander about three weeks. Uh, good but luck Max with that, Xander. Max, Max Gene got about two weeks, and then they decided, you know what? Let's just go to Wiz News. No, it was uh, it was Chance Warmack. Chance Warmack. Oh, Chance Warmack. Damn. <laughs> I, Warmack. And I, thought I, I believe his name has been mentioned here before. Yeah. But we never got that. By the Max way, Gillis Road. you talk about missing on a draft pick. That's another one I missed. Oh, on. yeah. That's why you I don't take thought, a guard at number 10. I thought he was – one of the safest players in the draft. He was so good at Alabama and man, he just did nothing, nothing. So that's one for the people who say, I, I don't admit my mistakes. Yeah. There's another one. Is I was, I was Peta, on the chance Warmack. Uh, is Stu Opetta still around? Oh yeah. yeah. So it was here. Yeah. Okay. So he's, here. he's had some starts on this offensive line too. So, you know, you could throw him into the mix. Oh, yeah. I think if uh, Dickerson goes down, Opetta gets plugged in. I don't think they'll do the whole move thing. Uh, if they're going to have Steen working in the right guard position for preseason, you shift him out a little to tackle just because that's his natural position. And yeah, Lane Lane is one bad hit away from him having to potentially play tackle. That'll be he and Driscoll as well. So you're keeping your flexibility open. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's going over to the left guard at all. I think that's Not the only one happen. here that when I hear Steen, I think of Kevin Owens. I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. WWE. There is a hardcore wrestling fan knows Kevin Owens' name, uh, real name, Kevin Steen. I like it, Mike Gill. All right. uh, So uh, if the Eagles are going to do the wave the magic wand thing on the offensive line and everybody has faith in 
any graduate of Stoutland University, um, it gives them a chance to have the flexibility up front that they want, which is good because uh, you never know when injuries are going to hit. Um, you're not ready. Well, no, you did. You gave us Driscoll if he's going to start week number one. Uh, so be it. And we've already talked about the running back. So I'll go over to the defensive side. Will the Eagles add another linebacker before the year starts? Or are they going to war with the two guys who are uh, top of the depth chart as of right now? Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they brought another linebacker in. I also don't think it's going to be someone that we're all like that. Yo, whoa, what a move like they have in the past. I don't think you're getting a player like a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the young player who's at the end of the deal, who you're going to bring in here and it's going to change the dynamic. I think, and I, I know John has been on my show talking about Nicobe Dean and his size, which I think is definitely valid. I think the Eagles, and I, and I, and I look at myself looking at Dean, I think they hope that he becomes the impact player at linebacker, the playmaking linebacker, the guy oh, who yeah. they hope right, forces yeah. fumbles, gets interceptions, and it's just all over the field. I mean, that's probably what they're banking on is that, hey, this guy was a first-round talent. We got him. We didn't play him all that much. I'll tell you what. He played, what, 10, 15 snaps in, in like the one game. And he led the team in tackles. He was everywhere. And, and you could just see immediately this guy's instincts for the ball were just like ball carrier, boom, after him. So I think that Dean would probably be the guy they think is going to be maybe even, I don't want to say better, but more impactful in terms of making play. Their, their linebackers were very good, but they weren't playmaking guys. They weren't guys who were tipping passes and intercepting balls and forcing fumbles and making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. You could have that here, but if they bring another guy in, it might be just the solid guy, not the spectacular uh, possibility. Yeah, I, I want um, spectacular. I want Patrick Queen from the Ravens. I'm going to continue to toot. I don't think board. we're getting spectacular out of Patrick Queen, but that's uh, a, well, that's another. Mike discussion. Mike earlier said Chauncey Gardner Johnson. What was Chauncey Gardner Johnson before he showed Good, up there? Uh, fair, point, fair point. Fair uh, point. Fair point. I've been trying to settle uh family option guy, by the way. Queen got it declined. Yeah, he got Correct. it declined. Yeah, most people got it declined. This right. in that 2020 draft. Uh so he's far from being alone. Um, I tried to close the book on the Gannon nonsense, but you know, uh, there's certain people they just obsess with it. I'm gonna try to close the book here on the Bijan nonsense. You you remember before the draft, we talked so much, Mike, Jody. Well, you can play him in the slot. He's so talented. He's so gifted. So, and I give credit to Jared Dubin, who's been on the show in the past. We should try to get him on. He, he broke out this. Get this. I want to give you, since 2017, 20, so pretty long time, three times has a running back lined up in the slot or out wide for at least 10 snaps in a game. Not 40 like a slot receiver, 10. It's happened three times. Christian McCaffrey in 2017, Tariq Cohen in 2019, J.D. Mm. McKissick in 2020. That's it. Um, last year, McCaffrey playing under Kyle Shanahan, the guy when it comes to manufactured touch players, totaled just 108 slot or wide receiver snaps in 17 games 6.4 per game, 
And that led the entire NFL. But, yeah, a running back is going to play slot receiver in the NFL. I told Jody this in the lead-up to the draft. You are making the worst slot cornerback in the NFL the best if you allow him to line up against running backs. You do that as a change-up, a knuckleball. Boy. And people can't get it. Wasn't that what they thought? Because Gainwell played a little slot at Memphis, a lot, you know, yeah, a lot, exactly. lot, and that exactly. they could use him in that role. How much have they used Gainwell in the slot? So if they're not using him, who had slot experience in the slot, I can't couldn't imagine they and were. That's, gonna do by the way, that's people that use manufactured touch players. Quez Watkins, I think we're all will all agree, is not a great slot receiver. He is better as a slot receiver. Then the best running back. Well, maybe not, not better than McCaffrey, but take McCaffrey off the table. He is by far better, significantly better than the best running back playing slot. Well, I, I give you one. I'm going to go to the, the defense and this will take off Eagle fans because it's giving credit to Andy Reid. Jarek McKinnon was pretty good at doing it this year. At nine touchdown grabs, and he's a running back. Now, I don't know if he he's got him very good uh, coming directly out back. of the backfield or if he was in the slot. You're, you're really uh, cutting it close between what is or isn't a slot receiver, if you're cut, depending on how far wide you wide up and the like. McKinnick's a pretty damn good player this year for the Kansas City oh, Chiefs. So, there's great, no, re- there's it great can receiver. be done, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. No, it can't be done in the slot is the point I'm trying to make. There are great receiving backs that come out of the backfield. Austin Eckler's great at it. You mentioned McKinnick's, uh, McKinney, uh, McKinnon's really good at it. McCaffrey's the best I've ever seen at it. Um, there are great, there have been great uh, uh, pass receivers out of the backfield. And they hit Roger Craig was one of the best of all time at it back in the day. But we we circle back to what we were talking about before, Jody. Um, Jalen, you don't need that sort of uh, 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 skill set with Jalen Hurts, or at least as much with a traditional quarterback. Now, if Tanner McKee's out there, yeah, give me give me a back that can catch the football. But he's not playing in the stinking slot more than six point four times a game. Because if if Christian McCaffrey only does it six four point four times a game. Nobody else is doing it. 6.5. That's my only point. Are are we we splitting hairs on in the slot and coming out of the backfield? Well, a receiver receiver catching a ball. If you're lining up, if you're lining up in the slot, it is not splitting hairs because you're making it easier for the defense. Uh, uh, What running backs are so effective because they're generally matched up against linebackers coming out of the backfield, they are not matched up against slot corners. If you put them out there like a receiver and all of a sudden they say, oh, we're going to put our slot corner, the worst slot corner in the NFL is going to lock down everybody not named Christian McCaffrey. The worst. Right, but they're the linebackers are a dying breed in the National Football League, so a slot corner ends up covering a guy out of the backfield. Even if he's not on the line of scrimmage You're missing in the, the slot. Side. He's he's getting lost in the wash coming out of the backfield. He's not getting lost in the wash when playing slot receiver. That's why nobody does it. That's why nobody does it. It's easy. 
for a slot corner. Easy. We need more Dave Meggetts and Eric Metcalfs out there. You can hide those guys doing a little, you know, the delay, and then they kind of branch out into the open. They find a little spot in the, in the underneath there, catch and then spin up the field. Yeah, the arrow route coming out of the backfield. I mean, that's one of the toughest to defend because you, you have an option when you have a guy like Eckler. Yeah, that is tough to defend. But if you stand him out there and they say, hey, I'm going to run a route. Forget that's... forget the arrow route. I want the wheel route. And I think DeAndre Swift can catch some passes doing that. The Eagle offense, to throw the wheel route, you got to have good protection. You got to have bad. that extra second for the quarterback to hold the ball. And I think that could be part of the Eagles game plan this upcoming season. Mike Gill, go get some more uh, wind on your face. You're not quite red enough. I think you need to be out on the uh, lake I, again or the river again this week. It could be the lighting in this room. I don't have uh, in my home, I don't have my office studio finished yet. So I'm like always in like this yellowish type of room. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's difficult. Yellow yellow yeah. looks good. Uh, you look like you uh, need to throw some SPF on there so you don't <laughs> get too much color this weekend. Mikey, good stuff. Thanks, bud. See you guys. Thanks, Mike. At Mike Gill Show, 97.3. The sports bash. I'll be on there today, Jody. It's today uh, you're on with Gill again. Three, three he, o'clock. He sucks you in a couple times a week. More power to Mike Gill and Johnny Mac. Uh, will be on ninety-seven point three ESPN later on today. We need to come back and put a bow on a show here on Bird Street sixty-five. Stick around. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it.
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. We've got two more days this week to talk Eagles football tomorrow. We get uh, John Stolnitz up, but from Bleeding Green Nation, uh, Thursday is the day he's got availability, so we'll tap him in tomorrow. And our guy, Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible, who did a great spot with us previewing the draft. We get the review out of Saratella. And then Friday, you think you might have to head on over to the Novacare Complex, Johnny? Man? Yeah, rookie, uh, rookie camp um, Friday. Um, so the rookies will be in the tryout players like the West Virginia guy you mentioned. Um, yeah, sort of first look at those guys. So the Jalen yeah, we'll, Carters of the world, Nolan we'll, Smith. You'll actually get to watch a couple of minutes of practice. Is yeah. Yeah. First so one you will year. be able to identify Sean Desai out there on the I, field? I don't know if I can identify him, but he will be on the field, presumably. Uh, that should be good. Uh, so uh, we will be back again tomorrow. I told you Stolness and Saratella will be aboard. I'm going to be here, McMullen. How about you? I am going to be here. Uh, we'll be back. Wow. In... Day to day. Day to day. We're both day to day. I say uh, for today, long live the queen. How we go get Patrick Queen. Uh, upgrade that linebacker position. McMullen and McDonald coming back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.